drink cinema. Which I don't know how to measure because one goes on the bench and then another dashes into the glass and then one dashes little and one dashes big. Are we talking about bitters still? Yep. Cheers. Two Drink Cinema. A Two Brothers Entertainment Podcast. I'm Lee. And I'm Brett. We are two brothers reviewing movies, two drinks at a time. Uh, Stephen would be very happy with it. Spielberg, that is. Right. He's the director. Yes, I am. Of E.T., the extraterrestrial. done? A couple other things. Anything else? Yeah, okay. Join us as we discuss the old, the new, the classic, and the cult. Together, we drunkenly review some of the great... And not so great... Big screen flicks. You know how in The Witches, the new one... Yeah. We had Kristen Chenoweth. Yes. And she didn't sing. Yep. Why do we need Neil Patrick Harris and Jonathan Jonathan Groff in there and they don't do some big gay dance Broadway number? (laughs) I don't really understand it. Find us on the socials at Two Drink Cinema, on YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Cheers. Rainbow Popcorn, the podcast. The podcast. We are reviewing queer cinema and camp classics. Yes. This week, it is a camp classic. That's gay. That has gays in it. Yep. It is... It's a pretty camp. Yeah. The Birdcage. The Birdcage. Starring Robin Williams, Nathan Lane, Hank Azaria, Gene Hackman, Diane Weiss, Callista Flockhart, and the guy that plays the son. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, I forgot that Callista Flockhart was in it. Yeah. And then I was like, ooh, Ally McBeal. I was like, every time, every time I watch this, and I, or every time I see Callista Flockhart, which isn't often, yep. um, I go, whatever happened to Callista Flockhart? Harrison Ford, I think. Yeah. She was very 90s big. Huge she, in the 90s. Bang. Ally McBeal, McBeal. And then, couldn't top it. Um, Brothers and Sisters, yeah, she did the other that. day. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she's in this, and she's apparently 18 in this. Yeah. Gene Hackman says, yeah. I love Diane <clears throat> Weiss. She does this role very well. This is her role. Yeah. This is Diane Weiss's thing. So we are going to talk about the movie The Birdcage. Mm-hmm. Based on Arcage or Folly. La Cage Aux Folles. Ox Folly. Yeah. Um, which, as you can tell by our accents, was a French film. Yes. And uh, I know nothing about the French film other than that it became The Birdcage. <laughs> That's all I know to, about it as well. We're going to talk about it uh, and rate it on our own pride scale. Yes. The first thing on the pride scale is P. P stands for pride. For presentation. And presentation. Yes. It's a very 90s look. It's a very 90s look. It's a very Miami look. Yes. But in saying that, looks-wise, they've done very well so that you know you're in the house of the straight couple. And you know oh, yes. you're in the house of the gay couple. <coughs> yeah. This one is very clearly uh, South Beach 
and one is very clearly not not South Beach. <laughs> um, They've done that very well. It's very well directed. It's very well shot by Mike Nichols. Yeah, good job, it's Mike. Very good. He does good movies. Mike one Nichols. thing that he did very well. One yeah was when um, Robin Williams Armand yes was uh, putting the soup in everyone's bowls. Mm. The way he followed him around the table. Yeah, was very yeah. good. Yeah, and I think highlighted the fact that he didn't just go around the table like normal. <laughs> he went to Gene Hackman, then to Diane Weist to cover up yes. the Greek boys and girls. And girls. Don't you have any girls on yours? <laughs> yeah. I've got, that's a girl. I've got a girl, and then the Val, which I'm not sure what's that short for. Yeah, um, no, neither says, do I. I have a girl, and then but then turns away when Diane <laughs> Weist tries to look. Very well done. What could That's Val be? That's a girl be? there, isn't it? Could, what Valerio. Val Kilmer. Yeah, but... So the kid was named after Val Kilmer? No, but that's. have you ever thought what's Val short for when talking about Val Kilmer? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Should we try to find out? Yeah, Val. Man's name Val. Vid- Vidal, like Vidal Sassoon. Val... Val. 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 What is Val short for? For new listeners to our podcast. Val. Oh, Valentine. Mm, Or Valerius. What, he's in Game of Thrones now, is he? Yeah, from the house of Valerius. His dad is a cultural attaché to Greece. That could be a Greek name. Uh, Armand. Armand, he's a cultural attaché to Greece. I'm pretty sure it's probably Valentine. Yeah. Valentine. Mm. Saint Valentine. Born out of wedlock to Catherine Baranski that I forgot was in it. Christine Baranski. Christine Baranski. Which is not in that much. Her character name's Catherine. Um, Yes. But she's good. Yeah, yeah. Everybody nails their role in this pretty much. Yes, it's very well acted. Yeah. Presentation. A lot of stuff shot on location. Yes. Uh, presentation. A lot of bums on the streets. It's <laughs> uh, not hobos. <laughs> no asses. Man, man, not buns. donkeys. Um, man buns. Not man buns. The bums of men. It's very the, the set and the um, production design, if you will. Yes. Very good. Very good. Especially when they're changing up the apartment. Don't to, add. Don't add. Yes, just subtract. subtract. But then the crucifix stays. The crucifix. I traded it. Oh, that was not an accent. Oh. <laughs> I traded it for that moose head. And it came with all these books. <laughs> Nancy Drew books. Yeah. The um, Dine Weiss loves that they have. Well, Gosh, they've got the whole set. This is hell. And there's a crucifix in it. <laughs> um, yes, well directed. Well shot, well designed. Uh, Nathan Lane's makeup in the first um, show show could have been better. Some of the miming much of those first drag queens. A bit more cover up on the beetle area. Yeah, right. Well, RuPaul wasn't a thing uh, in 1996. Yes. No, no, Ru- dra- RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> yeah. wasn't a thing and not everyone watched it and knew all about it. But No, but still, you can see beard. That's how's, still not great makeup. How's this for a um Starina's also a shit name. Just gonna get that out of the way. Yeah. 
Does it mean something different in French and they've just taken it from Le Cage Jocks Follies? Don't know, but it's not a great name. Speaking of RuPaul's Drag Race, here's a bit of a blown stereotype. I was chatting to a mate the other night, well, you know, Friday night, what are you up to? Oh, I don't know. And I was like, oh, I don't know what I'll do, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, usually I'd spend, straight guy, like usually I spend my nights, I'll just sit on the couch and watch RuPaul's Drag Race is how I usually spend my quiet Friday nights. I'm yeah. like, I was thinking of having a couple of drinks and watching the footy. Yeah. <laughs> so, Traded roles. Yeah, I've uh, blown that stereotype up. I, of the two of us listeners, have watched about 15 minutes of RuPaul's Drag Race all up. And I've watched about 15 years. <laughs> and the only 15 minutes of it I watched is because it was on while Brett was watching it when I got here one day. Yeah. Anyway, so do you think Ru would be saying to Sarina, sashay away? I know that one. No, the makeup just isn't that good. But isn't still seeing your beard a thing that would get you kicked out? Well, not kicked out. Definitely, she's a good performer and she does the live singing. That's good. She's also very funny. Yeah, she'd be all right. But then they'd be like, Mm, beard, and they'd all make jokes about it. Ooh, it's five o'clock somewhere. Ooh. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. That's what they call reading. <laughs> Me go, Lee. That's your um. So, uh, presentation-wise, the film is great. Yes. Great opening shot. Yes. Of it's like the thing and then zooms in on the club and then into the club. Some of those drag queens need to get better at the miming. Yeah. Lip sync for your life. Mm. Not going to go great. Nah, you're dead. This is how in the culture RuPaul's Drag Race is that yeah. I've seen 15 seen, minutes know what it is. and made two references already. Mm. Anyway, presentation, let's give it a score, I reckon, as we should every week. I'm thinking a like three and a half or a four. I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a three and a half. I'm taking half a point off for the makeup. Oh, okay. That's out of five. So one for because it's not a perfect. Yes. But isn't it, could it be not great makeup because she's rushed? Maybe. She had one of her many breakdowns. Yeah, because the makeup's better at dinner. That's true. Yeah. But I'm going to say three and a half. Anyway. But she's not being a drag queen at dinner. She's being a woman. Mm. She's not being Starina. She's being Mrs... Mrs. Coleman, or whatever your name is. (laughs) Depending on... The D is silent. Depending on where you are. Yes. Next score. The R of Pride Pride. is for representation. Yes. I want to say one thing about representation. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if this is actually in the right spot. Yeah. They never call themselves a couple. No. And no, never partner, never boyfriend. It's all, and even in the IMDb plot of the movie, it says it describes them <coughs> as a gay cabaret owner and his drag queen companion. Yeah, even some of the dialogue, which we'll get to later, yes. they don't refer to each other as partners. No, and it's like he's my friend and companion or something. Yeah, Robin Williams says. I'm not going to send him away because he's my friend and companion. Mm. Like, no, he's your life partner. Yeah. He's basically your husband. But then they also have a palimony agreement. 
Yes. But I actually looked up what the palimony was. That was very common for gay couples at the time in America. Mm. Mm. It was like a prenup. Yep. But not a prenup because they couldn't get married. Jules, yeah. Uh, and so it was there a combination of the word. to pre. Yeah, pal and alimony. Yeah. Which Wikipedia took great lengths at explaining. Like, yeah, I think I get it. <laughs> I think it's good. Like, it's a mainstream movie. Yes. It centres basically around a gay couple. Yeah. But they're not romantic in any way. There's no, like... There's not even a kiss on the lips. Yeah. They kiss on the cheek. Yeah. And, yeah, there's... They... I don't know if that was the way that couples of that age in the 90s described themselves. I don't think so. Or whether that's screenplay writing avoiding mm. partner. Yeah. Which I, I think don't it's the think is good. No, it's not a good representation of a couple. But And I'm not sure Nathan Lane would have been that good with it. No. But the the representation-wise, it's very white. It's very white. Even Hank Azaria. That portrayal is a bit problematic, I think. Well, he's not not free of problematic portrayals, Hank Azaria. Basically, he's made his career on problematic portrayals. And while he is very good at voices... And voices. Yeah. The character is funny. Yes. And the jokes of the character are very funny. Mm. Um, the least problematic of them is the fact that he can't walk in shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but he wants to be a performer, but he can't walk in shoes. No, um, maybe he could walk in heels. And the way he always says, um, you with the J. Yeah. yeah. That's part of the accent, yeah. which is problematic. Let's just say the way he always says Jew, but that didn't quite <laughs> sound right in my mind. Particularly because of Goldwyn. What are you talking about? Yeah. I like that he calls him Miss Albert. Yes. As well. Um, so that that is a problem. Another problem is that the second drag number oh. is them dressing up as Native Americans. Yeah. It wasn't great. No, it was not great. But then, no, there's no, I was going to try and make some reasoning for it, but it's not, I don't know, because I guess dressing up as other cultures is different to cultural appropriation. And I think the headdress is cert- is something that is certainly this is a very <clears throat> meaningful outfit. Yes. So shouldn't be worn. No. Dressing up for a mumba, which they do later, is not quite on the same level <laughs> as wearing the Native American headdress. It's just a snippet in the thing. It's unnecessary though. You know It's what unnecessary I mean? definitely through today's lens. Yes. It was problematic, but not seen as so problematic in 1996. No. And not as... The other thing about representation is the 
um, straight actors playing gay roles. Not not such a big thing 25 years ago. I was thinking about that, but I was also thinking I'm okay with it because... Oh, no, I'm okay with it as long as gay actors can play straight characters because one of the big discussion points of, around this is there have been always actors who haven't come out because historically, if you do come out, mm. you only get those roles. Yeah. Like if suddenly, if Henry Cavill had come out, there's no way he's playing Superman. Right. Like they historically haven't cast gay men to play straight men. Right. So I'm totally okay with Robin Williams playing Armand because he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And he, I think comedically and character-wise, he's right. Yes. If then a gay actor can play straight roles, which hasn't always been the case. You getting what I'm saying? I'm getting what you're saying. But... <laughs> well, you see, like, it's problematic yeah, that straight well, actors are playing gay. It's not problematic in 1996. Why don't you think it's, it's problematic a, it's now? A, well, it's, if... a, it's a it's a topic of discussion now. Yeah, and I don't think it's problematic if anyone can play any role. So, yeah, okay. But there's a finite amount of movies that are made about queer people. Yes. That you're fine with straight actors taking those roles away from queer actors. I'm fine with the right actor being given the right part. Right. So if there was a queer actor that could do what Robin Williams does, it's Nathan Lane. It's Nathan Lane. (laughs) (laughs) If there's a second queer actor... (laughs) That could do what Robin Williams and Nathan Lane does as well together as those two do. Mm. And Robin Williams got the part. Yeah. I'm not okay with that. But Robin Williams is Robin Williams. If you're casting someone that needs to do this role in 1996, the two people are Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. Yes. And I know that... People will probably say there probably are queer actors that were worked out of the industry because they weren't getting roles. Mm -hmm. But I still think Robin Williams is the best person to be cast for this. Last week, Justin Irving was not the right... Well, can we just not talk about Stonewall? The movie. Jonathan (laughs) Rhys-Myers. No. Not the right person. Yeah. But as we talked about last week, that whole thing... Is making it straighter for is making it so a straight audience could handle it. Yes. Uh, yeah. I. Yeah, it is a fine line in a lot of ways, of straight people telling queer stories. I think the thing that makes it a bit a bit better with this one as well, other than the fact that it's an older one and that you know. It's not like there were gay Robin Williams just walking around Hollywood. Yeah. Um, Because his character isn't so stereotypically camp that it doesn't become, like, 
almost offensive. You know what I mean? If it was a straight actor playing Nathan Lane the way Nathan Lane played Starina, yeah, then yeah. it's a bit of a taking the piss. But because yeah. Armand's more, you know, quote unquote, passable, it's you know he's he's the more masculine one if I'm using those terms. Yeah, I still think. I, I still it's th- going to come up a lot when we discuss representation in these and, movies. And I think, I think I'm just going to stay on the line of you got to cast the right person. Yeah. And if there are things of this wasn't the right casting because of whatever, then if they're... I'm just trying to work out the, the best way to say it. You just hire the right person for the job. You just hire the right person for the job, yeah. right? And if there is a straight person and a not straight person going for the role, you just pick who plays the role better. And there will certainly be times where having that background mm. as a queer person will make you the right person for the role. Right. But I think in this case... Robin Williams is the right person for the role. There could have been somebody else that they, but you know. There could have been. We don't know. They could have then had a career. Could have been Alan Cumming. Who knows? But also, you can say that about a lot of people that are cast. Yeah. You know, like there could be another muscular <clears throat> black up-and-coming actor. But no, Black Adam is played by The Rock. Oh, right. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you say, there could have been someone else. Yeah, there could have been. Could have been yep. someone else just as good to play Nathan Lane starring. Could I have been it, but... someone else just as good to play the very bland straight Val. Yes. <laughs> there's probably a much higher chance that there's someone that could have replaced Val, as yes. is proven by the fact that we haven't heard of him since. Yeah, true. So, so I think representation. The, <laughs> I think the problematic, the main problematic thing for me is Hank Azaria. Yep. Uh, which, like we said, is not new and not isolated for Hank Azari. Not that I think he's deliberately gone out and tried to make a career out of being problematic. No. It's just he worked as a voice actor in a time where white people did voices of other cultures. Yes. Which is not the case, which is why he's not the voices he has been in The Simpsons for 25 years anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the right thing. And he's even said himself, it's the right thing for me to not do these voices anymore. Yes. I saw someone the other day comment on a reel on Instagram of a clip from Family Guy. Mm. And someone was saying, oh, I just can't handle Cleveland's new voice. I'm like, he sounds the same. I, haven't heard, I don't think I've heard the new voice. You might have. I didn't even know it was the new voice until I saw that comment. Okay, yeah. Well, I'll do some research about that because like, I haven't noticed, but yeah, cause when did it start? That's I don't know when it started. Probably 2020. Yeah, but like it sounds the same. Yeah. So that's obviously a person that's just like, oh, it's new, so I don't like it. Yes. Even though Cleveland should be voiced by and it, yeah, and someone that looks like Cleveland. Not a, it's not like Seth MacFarlane doesn't do the voices anymore. It's only Cleveland. Yeah. 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 
I'm giving it a two for representation. Uh, yes. The only people of colour are a couple of the drag queens. Yep. Uh, and Hank Azaria is now quite problematic. But I think it does represent... I think it represents a, a trouble of old, an older queer couple of that time. I think it does, but it doesn't. It's very surface level. I don't think it is that surface level. It goes deep for a bit, but it's... I don't know. I get... Yeah. I, I think it doesn't quite tread that line of serious comment in a comedy as well as it could. Mm-hmm. But there's I think... There's a couple of moments that... There's really a couple of moments. That. Robin Williams says, I don't want to be someone I'm not. And... Don't ask me to do this. Yep. Um, but then keeps asking him to do that. Yeah. I actually found it a little bit hard to watch because of that storyline. Yeah, same. And because of Val's insistence in asking his parents to do that. It doesn't quite make sense because they seem to have quite a close relationship. Did he would yeah. do that? You know what I mean? But it's it's also, and this might come up a little bit in dialogue when we talk about the writing, it seems to, he's not telling his father the truth at any point until the last second. Like yes. it's just before he gets there that he's like, he's the coalition for morals. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he drops that on him very late. Yes. Which is a floor either of the writing or of Val as a character. Well, it's a weird... Yeah, I don't know. Because obviously they had to do it to make that movie, though. There's no movie of, like, no, we won't pretend to be something we're not. Roll credits. Yeah, they have to eventually come round to agree to it. Yeah. It's very... Yeah, I, I just think in terms of representing a queer story, I maybe I felt that a little bit more, Robin Williams and, well, it's, yeah, the pretending to and the working to try to fit in thing. Yeah, it also doesn't make sense to me because, like, oh, it's just one night. No, no, the goal is for then the kids to get married. Yeah, so I, are you never going to see these people again? But I also, or is it just like, okay, you can get married. Oh, thank God. Oh, by the way, I'm gay now. But at the end, I wrote like they're all at the wedding. Well, at the end, they kind of made up. Yeah, but he was still like they made up, but he was still like I can't be seen here. But there'll be photographers at the wedding. Oh yeah, but it's a it's an okay thing now. I don't know. I think they left out that bit of when it becomes an okay thing for Gene Hackman to be At a... seen with gays. Yeah. And maybe that it did do what Diane Weiss predicted and made everybody like him. Yeah. Because a wedding's coming. Yeah. Or it's just a funny scene at the end. <laughs> I also didn't really get... It is a funny scene at the end. I also didn't really get why Gene Hackman's Coalition for Moral Order didn't like Jews. 
Because they're not Christian. Yeah. Christian seems... family values is what America's built on. Yeah, but like... It's not my opinion. That is just me <laughs> taking the shit. Yeah, but like, surely on the scale of things that Gene Hackman's not going to approve of, you don't have to pretend you're not Jewish. Because there's lots of Jewish people in America... Yeah. ...who are quite well accepted and well regarded. And there would certainly be in the political circles that Gene Hackman but would be a part of. his whole stance is his thing... So it wouldn't look good if his daughter married a... Outside the thing. Yes. In any way, shape or form. Yeah. So we go from Gold, Goldman to Coleman to Coldman yeah. to Goldman. To Goldman, the D is silent. Yeah. In, we don't know where France. we don't know where her <laughs> name is. Where we are until somebody says her name. <laughs> so Lee, what are you giving up for representation? <laughs> oh, there's so much. There's one it does take the piss out of straight people though. I always love a movie that takes the piss out of straight people. There's not many. <laughs> They're like how can we make this look like what straights have? Then they put playboys in the bathroom. He's like, that's what they read. <laughs> that's not a good accent. That's what they read. And then they bring the moose head in. Yeah, thanks. Which I think Gene Hackman would have loved. Yes. And then in order to make the, the gay house look straight, they just made it look as severe as possible. Yes. Just and it's it just dull and dark and the the crew, the church size crucifix yes. in their dining room. So I think they do well taking the piss out of straights. Yeah. So Lee, what are you giving it for representation? <laughs> um, oh, I really don't know. I'm going to give it a three. Okay, because I actually do think within a comedic context. It shows some of the difficulty and the challenge of gays trying to fit in. Right. Uh, culturally, it's not good representation, though. No, it is not. Iconicness. The iconicness. It starts with We Are Family. I mean. Which is a great iconic song to start with, but also suits the story. Yes. Especially the way they close with it as well. Yes, because it is a story about family. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a pretty iconic movie. I yeah. think. Yes. Whether that's because I love it, I don't know. Well, when we were putting our list together, we both said this very early on. Yeah. In the list of queer movies. So I think, yeah, it's a pretty iconic movie the soundtrack is full of gay icons we are family oh glorious, glorious Miami Stefan. Sound machine you can't walk down oxford street without hearing it at every club in sydney <laughs> and the park that we walked through oh. on the way home. every time i hear that song i crack up laughing yeah because too. of that time we were in sydney brett and i went to sydney a number of years ago now yes. to see conchita worst at the sydney opera house um I cried. Lee cried. You won't be surprised, listeners of Two Drink Cinema. And then in the foyer at half time, they played <laughs> Gloria Stefano Miami Sound Machine. And I think at that point I was like, Conga. Oh, I haven't heard this song for ages. Yeah. And then we decided to go out on Oxford Street. Yeah. Because I convinced Brett 
that we had one gay night in Sydney, so we should go out yeah, on Oxford Street. To make it as gay as possible. We went, we went to four places on Oxford Street, and all four played conga. Yeah. One guy, <laughs> I remember this older white guy. Yeah. When it came on it. The seen one that the, had the seen the bird cage. Yeah, the yeah. one that had the cages on the sides of the door. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um and he was when it came he was up just dancing oh, by yeah. himself doing it like little samba number. And I was like Lee, 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 look, he look had Lee. All of the nostalgia oh, for when he that was, song was originally released on cassette single. He was in it. That that bar the there were guys dancing in the two cages that were just either side of the door and one was in jocks and one was in a jock strap so his bum was out and they kind of one swung out of the cage as some straight women walked in it was great and timed exactly as the bum swung out of the cage into the doorway as this woman (laughs) she was very shocked yes Miami Sound Machine Gloria Estefan Conga is iconic for the gays, but it's also iconic for you and I. And it's like, it's a very Miami, I feel, well, it's Miami Sound Miami Machine. Sound Machine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very Miami song. Um, the dancers. What dancers? The dancers. The iconic dancers of Robin Williams. Dancers. Not oh, dancers. that scene. Yeah. yeah. I thought you meant people that dance. Not dancers. Dancers. Yes. Much a great, much a great. My cookie, my cookie. And he does the ovaries. That is a good scene. It's like, he's chewing gum. It helps me think. You're wasting your gum. (laughs) Try more gum, he says again later. He's so good. I don't know. They're both so good. Nathan's great. It's iconic, but I don't know. It's like a, you know, wow. You know, oh, God. I'm giving it a four. That is not good talking. Because it fits the iconicness of gays know this film. Yep. And it references icons. Yep. I'm giving it a three and a half. Okay. Because anything with Callista Flockhart in it is iconic. <laughs> the queer icon that is Ali McBeal. That is Ali McBeal. She Actually, pees with men. That's I a think... quote from Will and Grace. <laughs> there you go. Bringing it gay. <laughs> um, I actually do think the gays love Ali McBeal. You know what? I never watched it. I was a bit young. Where if you're a little bit older than us, yeah, I reckon. I reckon it's a bit iconic. Dancing Baby. It's pretty iconic. The Dancing Baby is pretty iconic. But it, I think it's one of those things that it was very of its time. Yes. So it's like you could not make Ally McBeal the same way now. No, I think you could make the same kind of style of quirky courtroom lawyer. Is this a comedy or a drama show? Now. Well, Boston Legal. <laughs> Same guy. Yeah. But I think Ali McBeal pushed it a little bit further. You can watch Boston yeah. Legal and it's a drama that has funny things. Whereas Ali McBeal, I'm like, is this a drama or is it a 44-minute sitcom? Is this the original dramedy? Ali McBeal, that in Desperate Housewives? No, it's Green Acres. Fucking hell. <laughs> it's not. I don't know why. Speaking of icons. Speaking of D, uh, D in the price. So I for iconicness. Yes. You've given a four and I've given a 3.5. Yeah. Yeah. The D in the pride score is for dialogue. Oh, the, there are, so I wrote, okay. In the notes, 
as you will see. Oh, yeah. I've written quite a number of lines that are hilarious. It's just like... I'm just saying five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'll tell you why. Yes. The In terms of comedy, it is absolutely one-liners. Yeah. It is just bang, 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 bang. And I need to watch it again without my notes. Yes. To get them all. Yeah. Because I was trying to think and I was trying to write and I missed so many. And not all of them, not all of Robin Williams' jabs at Nathan Lane does Nathan Lane squeal at. No. But when... Look at me. I'm short. I'm fat. And whatever. And he's like... I made you sure. I made you sure. <laughs> um, there's just so many of that many ones. And the the dynamics the dynamic between Robin Williams and Nathan Lane is great, which makes this one line bang 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 script yeah. work so well because their timing is so good. And even Gene Hackman and Diane Weiss Diane Weiss as a comedy timing actress yeah. is so good. Yeah. And I don't think Gene Hackman's really interesting in that I don't think I could put him as a genre actor. Well, this is a thing. He's a, he's a dramatic actor. Yeah. And he always plays an asshole. Everything I've seen him in, he's an asshole. Yeah. French Connection, Bonnie and Clyde. Yep. yep. Um, Mississippi Burning. Yes. Unforgiven. Asshole, asshole, asshole. Actually... He's not too bad in Mississippi Burning because I think he's not as racist as everybody else. Everyone white in Mississippi Burning is an arsehole, though. Except one woman. <gasps> there might be Marsha Gay Hard on. Lex Luthor? Arsehole. Lex Luthor? <laughs> arsehole. But, like, Lex Luthor's a bit camp villain. Yeah. He's a little bit over the top. But... Whereas this is, like, he is the... I don't want to use the, the word bad straight guy. guy. He's the you bad You know what guy. I mean? Yeah. He's the baddie. Yeah. Um, he is the antagonist, so to speak, other than culture. Yeah. The culture of America in the 90s being the antagonist. Um, but his timing to be so... To come in as a dramatic actor and to have such good timing with someone like Diane Weiss is good. Yeah. And he does it very well. But then to do it with Nathan Lane playing a woman... Yes. Gene Hackman is great. Yeah. Everybody is very good. And the dynamics between all the different characters yeah. are very good. Except Valerie <clears throat> Callista Flockhart. I felt nothing. Nah. That, I don't know. Like, uh, are they both virgins? Like, like, Is that why they're getting married? There's no connection yeah. between them. Yeah. And even the funny line that they do have together isn't done super well. No. Like... When they're dancing and um, she says something like, oh, I wish she was my, I wish she could be my mother. Yeah. And Val goes, that's Albert. That's a drag queen. <laughs> she goes, oh yeah, I forgot. I'm like, did she forget? Or no, she was that meant to be sarcastic funny? I don't know. and making a joke? I'm like, there's a couple of scenes that are hilarious. Yes. Obviously the one where... Robin Williams, Michael Keaton, Michael yeah, dancing. dancing. Yeah. The one, the scenes where Robin Williams and Nathan Lane are out in the thing, and he's trying to 
Butchima. And he's like, it's a stereotype. But think of John Wayne. Yeah. And then he walks. And then he comes and goes, no good. He goes, no, I, I just never realised John Wayne walks like that. And then it's... Uh, Howdy, Pilgrim. Howdy. What's your problem, Pilgrim? <laughs> and then it's like, how about those dolphins? And he goes, Armand Coleman, you old so-and-so. How about those dolphins? <laughs> but then also, when Robin Williams goes, Oh, what do you say about that game last night? He goes, I am, what is this? I am disappointed and dismayed. <laughs> he will do it in something. <laughs> and then the right he... reaction, then Robin Williams goes, I'm not sure. <laughs> what else have you got? I've got, I've got Talk when about... Diane... We... I thought Alexander the Great was a fan. Talk about gays in the military. <laughs> I've got... They're, they're more obvious when Nathan Lane says them, but some of my favourite ones were, were Diane Weiss. Like, when they're talking about... When they're talking about Armand and Mrs. Coleman... Yeah. Um, and she says, oh, thank goodness they're not snobs. Yeah, when clearly they are. Because Eli Jackson Payton... was a common redneck. We had nothing to do with him socially. <laughs> but then she goes, oh, well, thank goodness they're not snobs. And then Gene Hackman climbed over the orchard to get into the house. <laughs> like, yeah, not snobs. <coughs> not snobs. I'm very maternal. And Albert's practically abreast. <laughs> See, only Robin Williams... Could, I reckon, have nailed those lines. Something that I've written, I don't know what it referenced to. And then the dolphins come back later where there's some awkward conversation. Yeah, and Robin Williams just goes, how about those dolphins, huh? <laughs> no one responds. Because a woman is worth her weight in hands and a man's wealth is measured by the size of his <laughs> cock. It's five. Um, dialogue is a five. But what then makes also the dialogue a five is there's all of that and we've just watched essentially an hour of Robin Williams and Nathan Lane's one-liners. Yeah. And then when it comes to dinner and Gene Hackman says, I drove through the forests <laughs> of New Hampshire and the reds were so beautiful. And then <laughs> like... the greens of the Colorado as we drove through the Rockies. And he, it's like he drove. <laughs> they drove... The whole way down, across the country. Down the country, yeah. or wherever they are. And he goes, you know, Ohio, Kentucky, <laughs> yep. Oklahoma, like just naming the states that they went And to. it's just, and that's, that's what makes the script a five and not a four and a half. Yeah. Because it's not just one-liners. Because yeah. you can write a whole movie of one-liners and yeah. give it to Robin Williams and it's going to be a hit. Because there's the, it does the serious Bits as well. Robin Williams has serious moments with Val, and he has a couple of serious moments with Nathan Lane. But the way he writes so deliberately the blandness of the straight man telling him about his trip after Nathan Lane's just gone off with whatever (laughs) is really good. Just one more time. They use the fag word a bit. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You look... Um, Agador Spartacus <laughs> yes. gets dressed up. Why because, Spartacus? I don't know. I think they brought him back Spartacus. from Greece. I don't know. That's <laughs> all I could think of. Because you look like a fag in, in uniform. And he goes, yeah. 
And then he kind of walks off the, and in the background, Hank Azari's like, oh, don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> it's like just quick like that. But yes, very good. A lot of quick one-liners, a lot of good serious stuff that's well acted and well timed. So it's a five. It's a five. It's a five for the dialogue. It's our first five. That's our first five. Well, considering this is our second movie and last week's was a complete shit hole of a True. movie. That this category of dialogue might have just beaten last movie's old school. It's not quite that bad. <laughs> um, I put my entirety, which is what the E of Pride stands for, notes all over the shop, as you can see. Yes. Um, entirety. One of my notes for entirety was, oh, Ali McBeal's in it. <laughs> God. And, my, my, and one of my notes is, whatever happened to Callista Flockhart? <laughs> and then my other note is, what is Val short for? Yeah. I don't get when extras, this is relevant to what we just watched before, when extras don't react to things in a scene. Especially some of the scenes where Nathan Lane is hysterical. Yeah. Quote like screaming queen by definition. We just watched an episode of Cheers. Yeah, where an extra fully watches a conversation she's that Norm like, is having. She's like Norman, and she's just standing in the background, looking directly into the camera. Yeah, if you've seen Cheers, there's the hallway that goes to the pool room in the world's biggest basement bar. Yeah, and there's a woman standing next to the phone, and there's a woman standing next to her. Yes. And those two extras are meant to be having a conversation, but this woman who was also involved in the pre-opening credits joke that happened yeah. two weeks before this scene and she's back wearing the same outfit. Yeah. Just is watching Norm. Yeah. Watching Norm have she's this She's almost conversation. like, oh my God, it's Norm. Oh my God, oh I'm my on Cheers. Me, I'm on Cheers, look, Mum. Yeah. Um, That's bad. Yeah. But also what's bad is when Nathan Lane is a screaming queen in the middle of the street in Miami and no one reacts. Maybe they're just like... Oh. Albert's back. Oh, Albert's back. Oh, true. Everyone but there's in the a market knows the, him. The woman, the old woman, when he's doing his John Wayne impersonation, yeah. she's funny because she's just like, and then he's even like, hey. <laughs> Howdy, <laughs> the, Pilgrim. Howdy, but Pilgrim. then when he faints outside that restaurant, that extra reacts. Yeah. So if you're an extra, if you're a director, allow your extras to react sometimes. Yes. To things that normal people in the normal world would react because that's what extras are meant to be. Yeah, normal people in normal the world. Normal people in the normal world. Yeah. That give it some background. And it does have a nice moment at the end when Val's like, this is my mother. Albert's my mother. Oh, oh yeah. And then Christine Baranski's like, yeah, go for it. I've been fucking away for 20 years and now yeah. I'm here for some reason. It was just an ovary. Yeah. With a great set of legs. Always. Always a great set Gosh. of legs. Like she's like, where did all this hair come from? Because Robin Williams is a hairy man. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that was a weird. He shaved for one hour photo. Um, Hashtag two drinks. I don't remember. No, oh, well, it was a fact that I looked up for one hour photo that oh. didn't bring up in our review on two drink cinema. Um, but because Sai, his character in one hour photo, was meant to be very kind of white and bland. Yeah, he shaved areas of his body hair to keep kind of with that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Dying voice is good. We've said it before. I know. We've said it's it. like, oh, we're staying with the bushes, the Jed bushes. <laughs> <laughs> and everything is like, oh, we, we've got to go there because, oh, you mean near that island where, where Jed Bush lives? Yeah. Everything's yeah. Everything's connected to something. 
But it's a very well-made movie. The dialogue, the writing and the acting is the best part of the movie. Yeah. The ending's quite good. The, this, the, the, scene, the wedding scene at the end is funny. Which one's the mother? Yeah, that's a bit, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's just like the whole, like, her side, his side kind of difference. Yes. Huge church. Yeah. Ridiculous. Every drag queen in Miami's there. Yeah. To fill that side of the yeah. church. It's obviously a club that everyone in Miami knows too, the Bird well, Cage. It, they'd have to make a lot of money to be able to afford that rent. To be able to afford Starina. That is like prime location on the Miami Strip. That's not what it's called. On South Beach Boulevard. Where did, I don't know what it is. I don't know. That's where Grand Theft Auto Miami was. That road. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto South Beach. Yeah. Where they steal a little Hyundai. Yeah. And then they beat up a prostitute. I don't know. That's what they do. Um, they being the Grand Theft Auto people. Yes. Not the residents of South Beach. <laughs> yeah. So I'm. It, it ends with We Are Family. Gene Hackman changes his tune very quickly. I get the joke of him not wanting to be the only girl no one dances with. Yeah. But I do feel like it's a quite quick turn for his character. Mm-hmm. It is, but he was like, I have to get out of this situation. Maybe that's... He was just like, I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. Um, and, although it is funny. The chauffeur's a dick, anyway. But also, you'd know the chauffeur sold you out. Yeah, so I'd don't be say, meet me yeah. into this. <laughs> not, for, not on your life, or whatever he says. Uh, not for a million kind dollars. Of, kind of I would totally be sus on the driver straight away. He's the only person that knows. Yeah. And that reporter for the Inquirer, not that smart. Following him, the fat guy. He's yeah. he's not that smart. And then the, the photographer would have was like, Coleman sounds like Goldman. I don't get <laughs> why everyone else, the other, all the other media, were like, had to be. Oh, he's put on so much weight. Like, yeah, I didn't get that scene. That it was unnecessary. Is there a birdcage prequel that we don't know about where this guy's skinny? I don't know. I don't know why they needed it. No, you don't need to make it's the only fat person in the movie. You don't need to make fat no, jokes. That, them doing that was... Um, that scene didn't really need to happen. Or oh, other than they all rocked up there. But also, no one in 1996 has a microphone that that's good. That's that good. No. <laughs> I got that too. You can't... This is a good microphone. You can't zoom in this microphone. No, that's using. not how sound works. No. <laughs> just go, like, just zoom in there. Like The, the lens no. doesn't go into the thing. Yeah. You can't... The sound isn't <clears throat> recorded the whole sound and then you just pick the bit you want. Yeah. It's just recorded anyway. That's um, a minor flaw. I'm going to give the movie overall entirety. Sorry. Yeah. I'm going e for to entirety. give the movie entirely a four. I'm giving it a four and a half. Okay. I... This could be one of my top ten movies of all time. Ooh. Like, very easy to watch over and over again. And it's always funny. I could watch Nathan Lane walk like John Wayne for hours. I reckon I could just watch Nathan Lane for hours. And Robin there were, Williams. There were some times where Nathan Lane was talking like, nah, it just sounds too much like to mom. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, Kakuna Matata, what are you going to do? He should have just put that in. When did... 
Lion King come out after this? Before this. 94, really? yeah. 1994. Really? Yep. There you go. Um, Did you know the half that... The half a mark off is, which doesn't quite make sense to the other scores I've done, um, is just, is it just the Hank Azaria of it all, really? Yeah. It is very funny, but problematic at some points. Do you have to check? Are you Googling my fact about when Lion King came out? No, I'm Googling Scar's real name is Ascari, apparently. And it's, no, it's like African for something. No, his real name was something, and it's like African for like reject or something. I read something, something. So in the 1994 book, The Lion King, A Tale of Two Brothers, explored the relationship between Mufasa and Scar when they were younger. Is is Lion King Hamlet? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because, um, yep, yep, yep. So Mufasa is Swahili for king. Yes. And Scar wanted to be known as Scar after he got his Scar. Yeah. Because he's a drama, drama queen, yeah. basically. He's a gay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Scar's gay. Everybody knows it. Yeah. I'm not outing Scar. It's the campus thing in the movie. It's like saying Robin's gay. I'm not outing Robin. Of Batman and Robin. Robin, not Robin Williams. No. Yeah, no. Robin's I can see how that's confusing. gave it all away. Yeah. Um, it's also revealed in that book that Scar's real name is Taka, which can either mean waste or desire oh, in Swahili. I thought it meant like shit. Well, waste. Waste, yeah. So... I think that's actually a great name because he's treated desire. like waste, but desire, because he has such a strong desire desires to, be king. to be king. Oh, I just can't. Oh, that's not his song. There was a funny. There's another funny meme about. And then um, it's like, so they literally named their sons King and Trash, yeah. and wondered why the younger one hated the older one. Um, Are you going to describe a meme? No, not not a meme. But I saw a tweet. You know, okay. like a tweet meme. Yeah, and it's just like. I don't get in The Lion King how Simba is all upset when Mufasa dies. Like, he didn't just do a whole song and dance number called I Just Can't Wait to Be King. <laughs> anyway, that has nothing to do with the birdcage. It doesn't, other than actually nothing. Would you like to know our overall score for the birdcage on the pride score? Yes, which is out of 50. Which is out of 50. Uh, and this, this is high. Has... It's definitely higher than Stonewall. <laughs> This is a 38.5. Oh, that's good. Mm. That's high on that's... the Archie Q. De Niro scale as well from Two Drink Cinema. Yes, it is. That is 22 points higher than Stonewall. <laughs> um, because looking back on the Stonewall scores, I, the highest score I gave it was a two. <laughs> you were high. Most of the others were. Overall, I gave Stonewall a 0.5. So. It's only up from here. Surely you're adding up. Your adding up of Stonewall was less than you gave the dialogue of Birdcage. <laughs> My total pride for Stonewall... Out of 25 for you. Yeah, was the same as my entirety score for Birdcage. <laughs> oh, God. So Roland, there you go. Roland Van Emmerich. Take some notes. Cast Nathan Lane in your next queer movie. And I'm not a harsh judge at all. No, no, not at all. Eye roll. Eye roll. 
What are we doing next week? <laughs> I roll. I don't know why to roll my whole head. Um, well, because people are watching this on their phone on YouTube, so they so have, have to, to make an exaggerated. Have to exaggerate it. Yep. Just like Nathan Lane. Okay. What are we watching next week? Are we watching the one that you thought I was going to give us to watch this week? By the way, listeners, while Brett has a look at the list, at Rainbow Popcorn Pod is us on the three socials that are relevant to people that aren't ranting about politics. Facebook, Instagram, old Facebook. <laughs> well, Instagram. Instagram, well, and, Instagram and TikTok. Mm. Uh, and Facebook at Rainbow Popcorn Pod. We don't have a Twitter right. for this one. And at The Two Brothers ENT is our whole thing. And Two Drink Cinemas are other podcasts. What are we watching next week? Yeah, we're, we're watching Pride. Pride. Okay, good. Um, Pride, the 2014 British film called Pride. Okay. That is about Pride and being proud. It's funny. It's funny. It's very good. I thought we'd do that compared to Stonewall in the hopes that it is a better um, portrayal of historic events. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm hoping for. I'll do some research. From memory, and we can. If you're in Australia, you can watch that on SBS on demand, uh, with ads or from, on a Prime. From memory, there's no uh, pretty blonde twink shoved into the story just to make everyone enjoy it. No, I think there's a pretty blonde in there, but it's actually a real person. Yeah, it's yeah. actually relevant to the story. Yes. All right, so we'll do Pride. Thanks for listening to another episode of Rainbow Popcorn. Uh, thank you, Brett for watching and enjoying the bird page. No worries, Lee. Thank you. We'll be back next week with our review of Pride. Two drink cinema! Which I don't know how to measure because one goes on the bench and then another dashes into the glass and then one dashes little and one dashes big. Are we talking about bitters still? Yep. Jeez. Two Drink Cinema, a Two Brothers Entertainment podcast. I'm Lee. And I'm Brett. We are two brothers reviewing movies, two drinks at a time. Uh, Stephen would be very happy with it. Spielberg, that is. Right. He's the director. Yes, I am. Of E.T., the extraterrestrial. done? A couple other things. Anything else? Yeah, okay. Join us as we discuss the old, the new, the classic, and the cult. Together, we drunkenly review some of the great... And not so great... Big screen flicks. You know how in The Witches, the new one... Yeah. We had Kristen Chenoweth. Yes. And she didn't sing. Yep. Why do we need Neil Patrick Harris and Jonathan Jonathan Groff in there and they don't do some big gay dance Broadway number? (laughs) I don't really understand it. Find us on the socials at Two Drink Cinema, on YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Cheers.